Good morning and welcome to the service today. If you are joining us from your home, a watch party, or our global community, even to those in the room, a warm word of welcome this morning. This is a pre-recorded Good Friday service, and we have gathered as a community and staff from the Church of the South and the East to come together today and fellowship around this communion service. There will be communion after Pastor Louis' sermon, and so if I could please request that you get your elements ready for that. Let's worship the Lord together. When I
as we give our all to you this day, our Savior who gave his all for us. We look to you, Jesus. We look to the cross. Faithfulness 
my knees and I am lost for words so lost in love I'm sweetly broken holy Wonderful to me. 
Jesus, on this day, we thank you for making a way where there seemed to be no way, a way to reconcile us to Father God and one another. We come to you with great reverence today to remember your great sacrifice, Jesus, and with humbled hearts, we say thank you. Thank you for making a way for us, thinking of us through it all. We love you, Jesus. Amen. We'd like to invite Pastor Louis to come up now and share the sermon for this service. Well, good day to everybody. It's so wonderful to be together. And as Letitia said, we are privileged to have a time together as a staff community from both churches and to worship today. So it's a bit of a unique experience uh, in this year. But I want to welcome everybody that's joining us uh, on, online. And whether you're in a watch party somewhere or in your home or watching on your own, it's so great to be together on this very, very special occasion where we remember and celebrate the cross of the Lord Jesus. And the title of my message today is Behold the Cross. Behold the Cross. And I want to begin by reading a, a short little scripture for you and, um, and then focus on a particular word in that scripture. And this, this verse is right at the beginning of the life of Jesus. And I'm going to start there and then I'll end with the cross um, and a scripture around that. But in John 1 verse 29, we read the following. The next day, this was John the Baptist, he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And the word I want to focus on today and for this weekend for us to focus on, and I invite you with me to focus on this word, is the word behold. Behold. Not a word that we use often anymore in our common language today. When we speak to one another in English, I don't say we often say, behold my sandwich or behold my car. We, we don't use that word. We probably use the word look uh, more. But there's a reason that this word, uh, I want us to focus on it today. Because the word look is a proper translation for the word behold, but it feels like it perhaps lost a little bit of its weight over time. The word behold in the Webster's Dictionary is defined as the following, to have in sight, to see clearly, to look at, to regard with the eyes, to direct the eyes to or fix them upon an object to look, to see. And the word comes from the original word actually was to hold something in your vision, 
That's why it's behold. When you look at something, to hold it in your vision, to keep your gaze upon it, to really look upon it with understanding. Now, it's no surprise that this word behold has become less used even in Bible translations over a period of time. In the original um, 1600s King James version of the Bible, the word behold was used 1,298 times in the scripture. By the time we get to the Geneva Bible, um, which is later in 1599, uh, it's, sorry, it's used 1,242 times. And then it sort of dwindled as we got more to modern English. By the time you get to the New King James Version, it's only used 586 times. And uh, the translations that are now more closer to our contemporary English use it even less. Um, it's only used 27 times in the New Revised Version, and only once in the New International Version is the word behold used. Now there's a lot of information that you go, now why did I need to know that? What I'm trying to say is, We've changed the way we look at things. In the old days, there was this idea of looking at something and really beholding it. Hold your vision on it, to consider it, to take time with it. Today, we look, and as one commentator said, we look at the multiple things all at the same time. Think of any of us when we work on our computers, we always have multiple tabs open on our browsers. We have multiple programs on. We look at many things all at the same time. We don't often look at one thing intently anymore. And that's why we use the word look so much easier. Bill Bright, the founder of CRU, as it's now called, originally Campus Crusade, said this, he said, everything about our lives, our attitudes, motives, desires, and actions, and even our words is influenced by our view of God. What you see when you look at God is what determines your life, he said. A.W. Tozer wrote the following, he said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. He said, our view of God is like the foundation of the buildings of our lives. In his words, where the foundation is inadequate or out of plumb, the whole structure must sooner or later collapse. What we see when we look at God is what determines our lives more than anything else. Therefore, I want to invite you today with me and over this weekend, over Easter, which is a time where we take some time aside and I want to invite you to behold, not just to look. In the NIV, the same scripture, John 1, 29, is the following. Next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And while look is an appropriate translation in our modern English, I think behold is more powerful. Behold. Can you with me today behold the Lord Jesus? Can we stand still and hold him in our vision? Now you may say, okay, of course. But can I tell you that it's not an easy thing to do? It is not altogether easy to behold Jesus, to really look at him.
to keep looking at him. Many of us may be in a situation where we've looked at him and now we think we know him. So we just glance at him every now and then because we know him. We know we've seen him. So we're comfortable. We no longer have to behold him because we have. We've seen him. So we don't often behold. Some of us may have looked at him and said, well, I didn't like what I saw. I wasn't impressed with what I, what I saw. It didn't really grab me, so I, I'm not going to spend time looking again. I don't know which category you may fall in or someplace in between. But I want to invite you today to behold with me. I don't know if you've ever heard of something called inattentional blindness. Inattentional blindness. There's been various experiments done on people to show that we actually see what we want to see and not what we often should see. One experiment that was done and repeated in many different situations is they took a group of people and um, dressed some of them in black t-shirts and some of them in white t-shirts. And then their task was to pass a basketball to one another in front of a camera. So, you know, they'd set up a camera and this group of people would be passing a basketball to one another. And then the experiment was you as the viewer had to count how many times the white t-shirted people passed the ball to one another. So you had to focus on the people with the white t-shirts not the black t-shirts. The black t-shirt people would also pass the ball. But you had to focus enough so that you could count how many times the t-shirt, white t-shirted people passed the ball. And so it would be for a minute or two. It's not a long exercise. And then people would watch it and count how many times the ball passed between people with white t-shirts. Now what they did interestingly in the midst of this little experiment is they had a person in a gorilla suit walk into the screen, stand in the middle of the shot that you were seeing while the ball was being passed around him. He would beat his chest, make a gorilla move, and then walk off the stage. And the basketball passing would continue. Then afterwards, they would ask people this question. Uh, how many times did the basketball pass between the white people with the white t-shirts on? And the correct answer was 15. And then they asked this question. They said, how many of you saw the gorilla? And 50% of the viewers that they've done this test with in many different situations did not notice the gorilla. Now you can go and Google this and find this little video online. But he stands there larger than life, beating his chest, and he walks off. But 50% of people did not notice him, did not even see him, did not behold him. Why not? And the conclusion they're coming to is this thing that they call inattentional blindness. Because you did not expect to see a gorilla in that circumstance. And that's what not, that was not what you were told to look out for. And you were focusing on something. You actually did not notice the gorilla. 50% of people. Inattentional blindness. This, for instance, is what all of us experience when we drive... And we talk on our phones at the same time. And statistics have shown that even if you're talking on a hands-free kit, you still experience inattentional blindness. What that means is when you drive, you can drive and you'll be fine if you're driving and talking on your phone as long as everything is going as you expect it to go. 
The moment something unexpected comes into your path, you will not see it quick enough because you have inattentional blindness, because your focus is so on your conversation on the phone like the people was with counting the ball being passed by the t-shirt, white t-shirted people, that something unexpected that comes into your path, you will not see it at first. And that's the problem. I don't know if, I'm sure you've experienced it. You're driving along, talking with somebody on a conversation, perhaps it's an intense or, you know, conversation that, and then you get to your destination and you go, I can't actually remember how I got here. Has that happened to you? You, you sort of go, I, I can't remember the route. It felt like time flew. It's because you were in a zone where you were only seeing what you were expecting to see. Inattentional blindness. That's why I want to ask you today, behold the cross. Let's hold Jesus. Let's not think that you know what you are seeing. Because there is nothing more unexpected, out of the ordinary, difficult to fit into a paradigm, hard to find a box to put in, than the Son of God leaving heaven and coming to earth to dwell among us and to be crucified by those that He created. There's nothing more unexpected than that. You cannot think, and I cannot think, that just a mere glance at Jesus will suffice. Or looking at him while we continue to look at all other things, like one of the tabs open on our screen that we flick to and just have a quick look at what's going on there and then we carry on with something else, will do the trick for us. We have to close all of the other tabs, close all of the other screens and programs, put on full screen Jesus Christ and particularly him on the cross, and look and behold him, because it's so unexpected. In all of the history of mankind, we struggle as man often to know what to do with this Jesus, because he's so unexpected. In a recent interview held with Dr. Jordan Peterson, the famous well-known psychologist from Canada, who's on a journey of trying to discover truth. He got quite emotional as he was talking with somebody about Jesus. And he said these words, he said it's difficult for him to actually come to the conclusion. It's even terrifying to really accept that Jesus is real, is true. And he, and he wept as he said that. He's starting to understand what it means to really look at Jesus. It's terrifying. Terrifying perhaps because what it asks of us, what it demands of us, that God was prepared to come and die in our place on a cross. What does that demand of you and me? If we really look at him, if you really look at Christ, it changes fundamentally your whole being and existence. It, if you look at him and brush him aside, it will change your being and your existence. 
If you look at him and decide never to look at him again, it will change your being and your existence to something less than that which he created you for. The only pathway towards life and life in abundance, as Jesus put it in John 10, 10, is to behold, behold him. But it's hard, isn't it? I have these three nails that are normal nails that you buy at a hardware store. And I asked our team to get me these nails and to get them to look a little bit more rusty and dirty to try and represent something of the cross. Now, I think the real nails of the cross looked a lot worse than these ones did. A lot, lot bigger, a lot more scarier. But knowing that this is a family audience, I thought, let's not go all the way. But can I, can I ask you just to behold a nail? Just to think. Jesus nailed to a cross. Behold. Nails worse than these. Don't even have to think about nails worse than these, but just these nails. Just think what it is like to have these nails driven through your hands and your feet. And for nothing that you did that deserved that. And in fact, you could stop it from happening with a thought. See, often when, if this had to happen to me, it would happen because somebody forced me and took away my ability to stop it from happening. Probably the only way you could get me to experience nails being driven through my hands. I'm not going to willingly allow somebody to do that. But that's what Jesus did. And the scripture says, for the joy set before him. He allowed for that. So just take a moment and behold the cross. Behold. Perhaps it's too terrifying to behold. It's too difficult to consider. Yet, it's what I want to ask you to do. In that moment on the cross when Jesus was hanging there, he used the word behold himself. Obviously not behold as in our English translation, but in his language. In John 19 verse 25 to 27, we read this. While Jesus was hanging on the cross, he said the following, or the following happened. Now beside the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. So when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, we understand that to be John, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own household. Just a small sample of how the cross changes everything about our lives. Jesus says to his mother, Behold, John, your son. Perhaps what he's saying to her is, here at the cross, everything changes. Even your relationships have changed. How you relate to one another is now different. Because you, Mary, and you, John, are now entering into a new community of the faithful. 
and you have new relationships. But you will only discover that if you behold, if you look, if you understand what the cross is doing. It will change even this fundamental thing about your life, how you relate to family, to friends, to other people is changed. Behold the cross. It changes everything about our lives. So today when we gather on this Good Friday, it is appropriate for us to behold. And one of the ways we behold is by sharing communion together. Because Jesus said that whenever we gather together and we do this, we do this to remember Him. Remembering is not just, you know, paying attention to some past thing. Remembering in this context is to behold afresh, to behold anew, to bring into the forefront of your mind, to consider again what it means to be a child of Jesus, to be a follower of Christ. In a sense, what he is saying is, bring the cross before you. Behold the cross. Look intently. Evaluate your life through the cross. Bring yourself to the feet of the cross and say, Lord, the most important thing about my life is what I see when I look at you. And the first place to look to see who God is, is at the cross. Because that was God who became flesh and lived among us. It's not the total picture of who God is, but it is one of the primary revelations and displays of the, of the grandeur of the love of God. Let us behold the cross. So I wonder if you can get ready this morning to share communion with one another. We're going to have the privilege of sharing communion with each other, and we're going to do it in, in little groups, socially distant and with masks on and everything. Uh, each person's got their own cup like this here in our room this, today. But I would invite you to get ready the elements that we are going to share together. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 25, Paul repeats to the Corinthians and to all of us the instruction that Jesus gave. And I want to read just a part of that instruction with you today. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whatever, whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. So can we behold... First of all, we behold the body of Christ. The body that was given. The body that was spent. So that we could be made whole. So that we could be restored. Behold today that your life, your wholeness, your salvation depends on the brokenness of an innocent God. Broken by us. So won't you get ready and just get your own piece of bread or the cracker and let's just hold it and I want to pray and then we will partake of it together. Lord Jesus, I pray for the 
power of your Spirit, the enabling grace of your Spirit to strengthen us in our most innermost being that together as all the saints we may grasp the height, the depth, the width of the love of God. That we may today be strengthened so that we can see Christ and Him crucified and really behold Him. Thank you, Father, that as we hold this bread up that symbolizes for us the body of the Lord Jesus, that it enables us to bring to remembrance, to behold your body. And not only do we look at it, Lord, but we eat this to say that we have become part of you, that we are your body now, and that we are in you, and you are in us. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Won't you partake of the bread? And then as we go to the cup, this cup represents for us the blood of the Lord Jesus that was poured out and the new covenant that that has established for us. That we are now in a covenant with God made by His blood that says He's our God and we are His people. We are His family. We are His children. Our lives have forever been altered and continue to be altered and changed by His life that is within us and His blood that cleansed us free from sin. And so behold the blood of the Lord Jesus. Won't you get ready with the cup? And I'm going to pray and then we can partake of that. Father, we thank you that Jesus, your son, was sent. That you sent him. And we thank you, Jesus, that the scripture says, before the creation of the world, you chose us for salvation. That even before we sinned, Lord, you chose to save us. You chose to come and pour out your blood and to, so that we could be washed clean and be made part of your family again in this new covenant. So we behold the blood of Christ. And we recognize that no one of us that has received this blood is any longer a stranger or an alien or an outsider, an outcast, but that we are members of your household and that we are brothers and sisters and that we are one in Christ. And we thank you for that today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you partake of the grape? I want to thank you for joining me today in this occasion of us taking some time. And I want to pray and ask you to continue over this weekend and even beyond to make sure that you have in full view the cross of Christ. Christ crucified on Sunday, obviously, we're going to have a great time together and we're going to be talking about beholding the risen Christ, the one who rose from the dead. But can we take this weekend and have a contemplative element to our hearts to say we behold, we, so that we can be changed and be made new not only in our position, but also in our practice. May the Lord bless you. May you have a wonderful time of fellowship together, those of you that are with others 
enjoying this time together and may the Lord bless you. And it's been so great to be with you today. Amen.